0: Welcome to Clean Break, the weekly divorce podcast. We share the stories and experiences of divorce professionals. Find all the answers about the many complex questions about divorce and separation at DivorceNet.ca.
1: Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to Clean Break, the podcast. I'm Darren Javag, and I'm joined, as always, with my great host, Tina Murray.
0: Hello again i okay. always feel like i say that that's the only thing i can say no 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 you know. can say
1: anything okay. you want yeah we just throw it in there we'll just make ad libs ad libs some stuff or yeah. whatever it's good We can just
0: talk about anything can't we? anything
1: we want yeah we yeah. can talk about fake flowers we can talk about yeah i don't know anything fake flowers yeah. interesting that you would I say. I call them permanents is
0: permanents. <laughs> that like perennials, fake? You know, oh yeah oh,
1: perennials okay. annuals permanents okay
0: okay so we do have an actual topic today i know know. i'm sorry in case anybody really wanted to know but they probably just like to listen to us sometimes yeah we should just have a show about nothing
1: one day we will like seinfeld oh i'm not going there
0: (laughs) okay Okay. today's topic is actually very so it has a lot of substance to it so Mm -hmm. we have uh, a guest joining us today who has been on the show before but it's been a long time so welcome Rick Evans to the show thank you yeah you are a business evaluator so just if you could just give us sort of a little 30 second synopsis of what exactly that is
2: okay so so most of my practice is uh, business valuation and income determination reports for family law. Typically, the, the issue comes up when you have one or both spouses uh, have a shareholding in a small business or in a business.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, so it becomes a little bit more difficult to determine income um, than, say, somebody that's just a T4 or T5. Right. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. right. So, your job in so let's just talk about overall like you evaluate businesses. I do. And so you sort of say, uh, you know, if you're selling a business or dissolving a business or whatever, somebody's absorbing it, buying the partner out, but we're going to, that's your job as a whole. But today we're going to talk specifically about when husband and wife own said business (laughs) equally, and then are divorcing.
1: Right. Right? Now, one of the things I wanted to clarify is a lot of business owners will use their business to income share, Right. So mm. their partners might be on the books as a shareholder, and I'm using air quotes right now. Right. right. <laughs> They're as a partner in the business to equalize or, or equalize or, or share their income from the business. Right. Doesn't necessarily mean they are making decisions in the business. Or
0: have any active role in the right. business.
1: Right. And yeah. Sorry. And that's and but what we're talking about today is what happens when your partner is actually an equal or fairly close to being equal shareholder in your corporation, and you have to work on it.
0: But I think that's an also, also a good question. So here we are just talking for you, Rick.
1: <laughs>
0: no, but I mean, even in that situation, right? So they're both important to discuss, right? Mm-hmm. Where one person is literally just a shareholder for income splitting. Yep. Does that work different when you're evaluating business than someone who's actively an active participant?
2: Great question. Yeah. Um, one of the things you want to look at is, percentage ownership but the other thing is um and and i see this fairly often um one spouse will be will be a um officer in other words the the director and the other won't be so the director would have a controlling interest right um that can have effect on value uh if you own a minority interest then there is a possibility that your percentage ownership won't be a pro rata. So if you owned 40% and the business was worth $100,000, you wouldn't necessarily get $40,000 for it because you don't have control over the business. So in a notional valuation, if you notionally put it out into the market, somebody would not pay you dollar for dollar for your ownership you would get mm-hmm. some because you don't have any control and the, the the spouse that does have control can do it pretty much anything they want subject to you know oppression or dissent or something like that but, right so it, the value it may be less than you think it's going to be it's not going to necessarily be pro rata mm-hmm. um, having said that the courts usually d- uh, determine whether or not that's fair and Reasonable, Mm -hmm. fair and equitable. And
0: they they would look at sort of not just the business, but would they look at the whole overall relationship when we're talking about that type of thing?
2: Well, there's also, you know, who, even if you had a 50-50, say, for instance, um, and and it's more of a legal thing than it is, but but if I were evaluating, you look at, and it was 50-50, you'd also look at um, uh, who has the relationships with the Say if it's a construction company, who has the relationships with the general contractors <laughs> or who signs the contracts, who ha- again, who has the relationships, um who, mm. who signs, who has signed on the debt or banking documents. Mm. Um, if that's all one person, and then of course, relationships with employees or subcontractors, if that's all one person, really that's the person that controls. And, um, you know, we'll probably get into this somewhere down the road. Uh, but you know, there's three options, right? You can either sell to a third party, right? You can buy your your spouse out, or you can keep going together, mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. right? Right. So if if the spouse controls all the things I mentioned, like relationships and contracts and signs everything, that's probably the spouse that's going to continue the business. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the value quickly
0: drops if it's, right. if
1: it's if it's the other spouse that were to to buy. So right, and that's kind of considered goodwill, right? Like the goodwill of the business, yeah. you know, the the intangibles of the business. Yeah. goodwill is, is kind of the bucket for the the intangibles,
2: right. That are not on the balance sheet.
0: Okay. Okay. Together. How do you evaluate that? <laughs> well, I mean, really, I mean, I went down the road of looking at some businesses and um, I kind of trusted some business, you know, professionals of saying, mm-hmm. how much is the goodwill of this business actually worth? How do you evaluate that?
2: <laughs> well, goodwill is the, the um, like you were saying, the intangibles, the branding, mm-hmm. uh, workforce in place, um, location. It depends on the type of business. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like with contractors, the argument oftentimes, especially with not a mature contracting company, is your goodwill is really ne- never more than your backlog,
0: right. the percentage uh-huh. of your
2: backlog. Right. So I take over your business. You have a certain number of contracts that are in process or been signed but haven't been uh, started. I take over your business. I'm going to get some profit from that,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: whatever, whatever the, the the percentage you agree on. And, and that would be the equivalent of your goodwill. Mm-hmm. Um, Typically if there's goodwill, you're gonna use the income approach, mm-hmm. which is a capitalization of cash flows because that's what the purchaser is is purchasing, is future. Future, future earnings. Keyword yeah. future mm-hmm. earnings of mm-hmm. the business. And typically it's cash flow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, usually here in Canada, we, or at least I use a second methodology, which is the market approach. Uh, there's databases out there that provide some sort of information regarding uh, small businesses and how much they're selling for uh, as, as a a multiple of say EBITDA Mm
1: -hmm.
2: earnings before interest, tax depreciation, Mm -hmm. amortization. Then there is the asset approach, which typically is like a real estate company, a holding company or a business that doesn't have any goodwill. Right. Right. a, A business that doesn't have any goodwill. Um, as an example would be um, probably my practice, where there there might be goodwill, but it's personal goodwill, right? And nobody's going to pay for if it's not commercial goodwill that can be transferred, why would anybody pay for it? Right, right. Yeah. So if you've got a brain surgeon, you know, a doctor, a, mm-hmm. a sole proprietor, a lawyer, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Then, then you're going to use the asset approach, hmm. which by definition, you wouldn't really have any good have any
1: yeah there wouldn't mm-hmm. be any very much in there right per se hmm. interesting so, uh, okay
0: yeah. I, I was just like, I was like you gotta have a good question because i can just keep going but no, i know you've no, got no, a good I, list of I, questions
1: i i do actually and um okay so one of the things when you start a company every no one goes into a business mm-hmm. with Ill, Ill intentions i don't think yes, like you don't agreed. start being a partner yeah. with somebody saying i can't stand this person i don't want to be in business with them right so I would I would assume that people who get married that then become partners in a business
0: want to do the,
1: yeah, they want to be in business to make money to provide a living for themselves and do the right thing. Yeah. What are some things that you think would make things easier when they separate to kind of <laughs> dissolve the corporation or, or, or transition the corporation so that one person can, can carry, carry on? You know what I mean? Like what... If you could turn the clock back, which no one can, what would you tell somebody that's getting into the business? Well, what, what should they do to think about it? Not that it's like a prenup. A prenup. It's a, like a prenup for your business. Can you do long. that? <laughs> can you do
0: a prenup for your business? Okay. I get.
2: I, I, yeah, I've, I've actually, I see it more and more often, okay. especially with younger people, they're getting married. Mm-hmm. One may have a business. Mm-hmm. They're asked to, they're asking me to value it. Mm. You know, And, uh, you know, one of the reasons for that is, um, you know, I've done a bunch of divorces where 30 years or 20 years after marriage, uh, they're getting divorced. Well, 20 years ago, what was the value of the business? Because, you know, Mm -hmm. the uh, the net family property statement is going to have the difference between date of marriage and date of separation. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can be really problematic to try to figure out what the value was 20 years ago yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. and and can
1: you even get the financial information
0: i was going to say that can you get the financial information at that point
1: that's one of the reasons what actually it's funny because that kind of that translates even in the personal life too. For when sure, people buy rental properties or anything that's mm-hmm. going to appreciate in value mm-hmm. so i always say think about it like think about it the 10 years off from now don't know but i'm just saying if you have it evaluated now you can say as of this date, this is what it was worth, and this is someone else giving me this this information, not me saying I'm guessing at this. Mm-hmm. As I always say to people, if you don't have a, if you don't have a a way to prove that, then CRA is going to say, "Well, we do," and we're going to use our method, mm-hmm. right? So uh, it's just clarifying things. Yeah. yeah. Um, do like, you see Do you see businesses doing more and more formal business agreements? I wish. <laughs> that,
2: that that's that's one of the things that uh, you know. It, it doesn't matter, I guess, when whether you're um, going to partnership with with a spouse or, or a friend right. or a business colleague, um, there can be a divorce somewhere down the road, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you, there are things that you should do, and I'm sure people wish they had have done if they could turn back the clock. Um, one would be a shareholder agreement. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, with a buy sell in there. Excellent. You know, so defining the process. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, and, and a lot of people, and I try to point out to people, one of the biggest intangibles you can have, and, and it varies from industry to industry and business to business, is is documentation of your policies and procedures, responsibilities, yes. mm-hmm. management, control, you know, right. that sort of thing. Okay. That in and of itself is a value when you go to sell a business. Yeah. because it makes the transition that much more seamless, mm-hmm.
1: right? So the rules of engagement
2: yeah, pretty much there. Yeah. So there's huge value. there, mm-hmm. um, And again, it depends on in, from industry to industry. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I would say to make things seamless is um, both partners understanding what their lane is, what their specialty is, what what they're doing within the corporation. Right. Right. Um, so if somebody if one spouse is, uh, you know, operations, selling, the other is maybe um, accounting, human resources, that sort of thing. Um, and having a clearly defined, you know, duties, etc. So that when you are separating, mm-hmm. you can still function.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And, right. and, and
2: if people stick in their own lane, because it becomes a very emotional. Right. Even, even when you're not in business together, as you know.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you say that because two spouses, they have a successful business going and want to both maintain the business. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't want to back away. You don't want to back away. So that's a really you know good thought process. And nobody goes into it thinking we're going to get divorced or we're going to separate or the mm-hmm. business. Right. But pre-planning, we talk pre-planning a bit today, don't we? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But pre-planning is really important, it sounds like.
2: It is important. Um, It doesn't take long for, um, if if you're going through a separation and you are undermining each other, see, that's one of the things, right? And it's easy for me to say, Mm -hmm. keep your emotions in check Mm -hmm. when you're, running your business even if you are separate well okay good luck luck.
1: (laughs) you know you're still carrying the discussion from the morning when you burnt the eggs and and your spouse is pissed off with you you know you're you're mad at each other for something that's completely not business related Mm -hmm. yeah you know so go ahead
0: no no I was just my son and I worked together full-time and he lives at home with us still and uh, one day a few weeks ago he ticked me off so badly I didn't even want to go to work I want him to go to work I did not want to go to work I left the house slammed the door and went in my office and went okay I have to leave that at home mm-hmm. yeah. and we did and, we did a good job but <laughs> and,
2: and you know if you don't and uh, you know I think we've all seen it professionally as you have one spouse might be undermining the other one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um you know the community it's it finds out that that there's problems between the husband and wife um that can have effect on maintaining sure. or gaining contracts you can mm-hmm. lose customers and what's what happens then you're losing revenue cash mm-hmm. flow and value mm-hmm. so you know if, which
0: will compound any issues that are already ongoing right? right
2: and so what you've done at that point you've jeopardized probably in both spouses case your uh, livelihood for sure going forward yeah yeah um so you know again (laughs) it's easy to say but you are looking and and trying to maintain your livelihood and part of your wealth
1: yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. because you're you're almost like blowing up two parts of your life you're blowing Mm -hmm. up your personal side Mm -hmm. of life and then if that transfers into the business side because you're both hitched on it then now you've blown up your your ability to earn income as well Mm -hmm. which is that's like worst case scenario Mm -hmm. like at least sometimes when people who have a job or a a career outside of their their relationship they go and they make money they're going to keep making money and they'll just have to be like i have to be cognizant of sharing personal stuff at my workplace but i'm still making money Mm But here you've got a double edged sword here where if you blow up the business too out of your personal feelings for the person, mm-hmm. you're sabotaging your entire future. Right. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So, it's, it's heavy that yeah. stuff. That's very important.
2: And of course, there's you know different combinations of you can be a 50 50 shareholder, have a 50 50 shareholding, but one spouse may be, have a whole career outside and, and, and does help with the, the, the family business, but is, is not
1: um, integral. Mm-hmm. Um, do, you, do you find that business like in these situations even when the one spouse is not in the actual business do you find that sometimes one person or both have a predisposition or pre a misled understanding of how how much the business is worth oh yeah i, I don't think it's it's got to do with
2: divorce or anything yeah we, we find that i do a lot of work um for for reorg purposes Okay. Um, transfer wealth to the next generation yes. or even estate by, planning, even buy so. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have, um, as an example, uh, you know, you've got two restaurants and, and, you know, Darren, you've got a restaurant, Rick's got a restaurant and, and, uh, you know, Darren sold his restaurant for five times evident. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm retiring in five years and I'm laughing I, oh, geez, you know, five times that's a million bucks for me. So I don't do anything about it. And I just, you know, go my merry way, but, um, the difference is Darren has his restaurant is, uh, near the hockey arena. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it has uh, hundreds of uh, parking spaces, brand new, um, state of the art, um, what do you call it? Uh, uh,
0: P-O-S-A-P-O-S POS, POS
2: yeah. sales system,
0: yeah.
2: um, all, you know, relatively new equipment, you know, all these different things in my business. Is, uh, and this is nothing as Orleans, but I can picture that, you know, the mom and pop the restaurant, the mom and pop has. Uh, so there's no room, in Darren's case, all sorts of room for uh, uh, expansion, right? Because mm-hmm. there's not always 100 people parked there, you know, and then you park down the street. But so, you know, then, then my restaurant, um, you know, I don't have. You got two. <laughs> what's two, that? You got two two parking, parking spaces yeah. But if, yeah if you want to go to the yeah. um, you know I haven't upgraded my my equipment my restaurant equipment for the last 10 years yeah 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 um, I don't have a sophisticated point-of-sale system um, so if somebody's buying my business what are they looking at well I got to spend twenty five thousand dollars for a point- of-sale system I got to spend yeah eighty thousand dollars in a bunch of new equipment yeah um, You know, then did I ever think about the fact that there's a McDonald's going in, you know, two miles down, Mm -hmm. um, as an example?
0: Right. The
2: the fact of the matter is, and and so never use rules of thumb, okay? If nothing else, (laughs) right. Not a fan of that word, yeah. And and I'm in a very very poor position if I'm relying on five times EBITDA because I'm not getting five times EBITDA. Right. right? How does that fit into my uh, retirement plan when that's my biggest asset? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well clearly um I'm not retiring for a while. Right. And I've got to go spend some money to upgrade. Yeah. And then I've got to go figure out how I I build my business so that I can sell it for what I need. Right. Yeah. Huge. Huge. Yeah. Huge. So so
1: there are there are many cases. That's just one example. Yeah. yeah. And it's an extreme example, but it's I think extreme. it, I think it makes the point mm-hmm. that that Agreed. someone that does what you do is very unique and 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 necessary i think because Mm -hmm. it brings people back to a reality point where you can say this is your professional opinion must be a little bit stressful for you sometimes Mm -hmm. when you're doing this though because a lot of lot of um people who are pulling and trying to make it go their way you know what i mean yeah it it happens in family law (laughs) clearly right That's, that's kind
2: of obvious and then um you know buying in buying out uh you know, when people are like, for instance, um, an architecture firm, mm-hmm. which I'm actually doing with somebody buying in, uh, you know, n- different motivations. Although, you know, good shareholders agreement by sell makes it that much easier. Um, there's another situation where i am uh, been contracted to, and they both agreed to abide by my uh, value. Hmm. But to your point, I've got. Well, you know, did you think about this? Because, you know, that's, you know, and, and, and so you're trying to balance, right? Right. And you're getting, you know,
1: what's emotional, what's logical, what's, what's, what's something that is something you should consider as opposed to something that you should not, because it's based on emotion, maybe. Right. And
0: like one of the things, oh, sorry. No, no, no. No, one of the things I was thinking of, and and it sounds very much like, so when Darren is working on a, on a divorce case or separation case, if he's a um, mediate, what is that me-
1: Mediator? Not a
0: mediator, but like uh, an impartial person. Oh, uh, uh,
1: a neutral. Thank you. Financial neutral. Wow.
0: He's, <laughs> he's, a, a, he's a financial neutral. That's too. right. That's what I was just, that's what yeah. I am saying. Like he works as a financial neutral where he'll work for both sides. You are the financial neutral on the on the business evaluation side. The thing Sometimes, is, yeah. is that to me, it's the numbers are the numbers of the numbers. You can't, can you scale? I don't want to say can you skew, skew them. the number i want hmm. to say skew the number but like if you were hired by me and my husband like could you i don't know that you're, sounds, you're
1: looking at an that sounds like an ethical question well,
2: i think i know what you mean and it's a good question because you know with what i do it's it's not simple math it's not no. you take all the information and two plus two equals four and there you have your your, right. your amount there is the quant- quantitative aspect right But a huge part of it is the qualitative aspect. Right. Okay. And and what I mean by that is, um, you know, part of the valuation, if you're doing an income approach, for example, is what are the risk factors? Um, Hmm. What are future revenues going to look like? Mm -hmm. Uh, What's profitability going to look like? And, and, you know, if you have two sides, we'll call them, that have maybe opposing interests, you know, one high, one low then you might get information as to you know, one is saying, "Well, revenue in the next three years is going to go through the roof. We're going to do, you know, cash flow is going to increase by five percent each year." And then you got the other side saying, "No, you know, we've had we, you know, that might happen, but we're going to have to do this, that, and and you're going know, to have to hire five more people." And so
1: you're getting a whole. Mm-hmm. So you have to you have to make a judgment call almost mm-hmm. like on on what is a reasonable. Right. You know. Well, to and
2: and sometimes you can do that
1: fairly easily
2: because if somebody's saying that they're giving you a growth rate that is very high you know you say to them okay well that's fine now do you have the warehouse space whatever the industry is do you you have do you have enough people do you have the capacity to do that no we're at capacity um we'd have to move to bigger uh uh, premises uh so now we got a whole different structure right Mm -hmm. and then you say to them okay fine you tell me how that works in, you know, how are you going to finance? What What do you need in terms of working capital going forward, capital expenditures? How many employees are you going to? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and so, you know, and, and show me the plan
0: mm-hmm. that you, mm-hmm.
2: you've got, yes. because if, there, if there's A no plan <laughs> in place, then it's all just talk. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there are ways
1: to kind of. Sure.
2: So narrowed down.
1: one of the things that you mentioned and the cooking in the books thing and trying to move things in the baskets. Right. Um, one of the things I do really appreciate about what Rick does is, uh, and I just had this happen. A client called me up and said, um, here's a situation, a professional corp doctor um, and him and his accountant are moving things around. And we've asked for financial disclosure and we got a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. right and then they've selectively chosen what years to use for income purposes as far as spousal and child support so i mean obviously i'm not a lawyer but red flags are just going up like constantly right and mm-hmm. i think what i like about having rick in my network is i said you know, you need to not only have the business evaluated because they were going to do that anyways, but I said, also make sure you're looking at an income analysis of the business Mm -hmm. because that will take all these like spreadsheets. It'll be a formalized document financial. So can you speak to that a little bit, like the value of having an income analysis done, business income analysis?
2: So, you know, you, you, if you're a business owner, you may get a T4 Mm -hmm. and or a T5 -hmm. and you're going to take out probably as much as you need to um, live, take Mm -hmm. care of your family. Um, And there's tax planning, you know, dividends, Mm -hmm. compensation, you know, salary. And, but there's still an amount left in the corporation. Okay. So when you're looking at family law for support and uh, um, child support, Mm -hmm. alimony, you don't limit it to what has been taken out as compensation because mm-hmm. it's it's what could be taken out. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Like yeah, because you've left so earnings. much
0: into the business, you've only taken out what bare right. minimums you need.
2: So part of our analysis is determining uh, how much could be taken out without jeopardizing the ongoing operations yeah. of the company. And that, that, that's key. Right. So you're going to have maybe one side saying, I take it all out. Day, <laughs> a million dollars. No, yeah, yeah. Million dollars. Here. Yeah. And then you know the reality is that you have to have a certain amount of working capital, just like you do mm-hmm. in your everyday life. Yeah. You liquidity. Have to have a certain amount of liquidity yeah. you know, mm-hmm. to pay your bills and what the you know the rainy day you know whatever comes up. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't just be spending every dime you have. Right. Right. Um, And that's the same with the business. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we do a working capital analysis and uh, determine how
1: much corporate income is actually available to the shareholder. The shareholder. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what I also like about when you do that is you're setting the terms of uh, terms going forward. Mm -hmm. So some things are tax deductible in a business, like expenses and GST and all that stuff. And, and it's, but if the business owner is doing something like maybe they have a car and go that's out for a bunch thing. of dinners, yes, and, right. Uh, maybe they have got a gym membership that they're running through and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, that stuff has to be put back in mm-hmm. to be calculated as personal benefit. Right. As part of what's going to, and it's got to be grossed up. Right. To pre-tax dollars. Right. And that's the problem. I think where a lot of people like this client that called me is I said, you're in this gray area where um you know there's there's lots of different baskets you can move around to shuffle things you know and hit and your your ex-partner's accountant works for him and is not a business evaluator and is not an income and will not do an income analysis for the purpose of spousal support and child support so you need to get another person in there with that subjective for both of you Mm -hmm. to say no 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 you you can't you use your car 50 percent of the time Mm -hmm. personally so you have to put that back in so Mm -hmm. and that has to be equalized right and and I think the other thing that and that's a really good point because I all the time that
2: that is one of the the issues if you are a shareholder because it's not some people are hiding things and they you know but but even Mm -hmm. if you're not just because it's deductible for tax purposes does not mean that it is uh can't be added back, right, for family law right. purposes, right. right, and that's right. Yeah. right. Um, mm-hmm. So that's really important, and mm-hmm. and and for people that haven't done a whole lot, and I just up against one that you know determined everything in terms of what was deductible for tax purposes, and it, that just doesn't fly, right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, you, meals and entertainment, and 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 hockey tickets, fifteen thousand, say a year, mm-hmm. whatever it mm-hmm. is. Um, our deductible probably okay for maybe for for tax purposes but do you really need them if you're talking about child support mm. yeah and mm. and you know that that might be an extreme but but the courts mm. will look at mm-hmm. what you real what's reasonable you know if you're spending all this money in in the business uh, are you jeopardizing the ability to support your child right yeah exactly.
1: yeah so, well look that's uh, you know what this is an awesome yeah, show like honestly. I, I always enjoy having you on right yeah. because you 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 bring up some stuff that's just amazing for mm-hmm. people and and you make it very easy to understand for people who are not in your business in your shoes because yeah. i mean you've got a whole alphabet beside your name <laughs> which is awesome yeah. <laughs> right. but but, uh, so we're going to wrap it up there because, yep. uh, and, and we'll get you back on the show, mm-hmm. talk about another, bring up some other topics about business valuations. Yeah, I, I think it's like so there's important. So
0: many things that we didn't really touch on today. So yeah. thank you very much for joining us. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Can and you let us know, yeah. sorry, who, uh, how do people get a hold of you?
2: Oh, um, my, my, uh, email is, uh, Evans at McKayduff, mccayduf Uh, Call number is six one three two nine two six six four zero. I call myself, uh, and I have I have a website, uh, the
1: firm's website, McKay Duff LLP. Great, and also people can get a hold of you on mycleanbreak.ca, which is go. our our group page. So yeah. really happy to have you in the group, mm-hmm.
0: and thank, thank
1: you for being on the show today. You. Thanks very much. Thanks, Rick. Okay, everyone, well, take care of yourselves, take care of the people around you, and we will see you on the other side of the mic.
0: You've been listening to Clean Break, our weekly podcast on divorce. You can find this and other great advice from divorce professionals at divorcenet.ca, where we upload audio, video, and blog content every week. Divorcenet.ca, clear and simple divorce advice from trusted local professionals.